Hi, welcome to your neighborhood pharmacy. Hi, I've got a prescription for diabetes test strips. How much is the copay? Well, it depends on your type of commercial insurance and factoring in your yearly spend, subtracting the deductibles, also depending on your monthly Ugh, allowance. Why can't there be a better option? Or you could try Contour Next test strips. A 35 counts only $19.99 over the counter and proven to be highly accurate. Go to contournext.com slash radio to see if over-the-counter strips are a more affordable option for you. Hmm, I think I'll try Contour Next. You know those times in the day when you can't fit in a full podcast? Running out to the store, walking the dog, or washing the dishes? Jam is the new way to listen when you have just enough time for the perfect short audio playlist. Get started at listentojam.com slash podcast and get your daily Jam playlist filled with more voices in less time. With Jam, you can choose from news, parenting tips, wellness advice, and more. Go to listentojam.com slash podcast and satisfy your curiosity with short audio. Discover something new every day. You're listening to the Fade to Gray Network. Fade Gray listeners, this is Seth, and I'm coming to you with another mental episode. This time, I sit down with my good friend, Amanda Martin. Not only is she a good friend, but she's also done some pretty incredible things as of late, including a new podcast called Snapbacks and Sports Bras. And I brought on Amanda to talk about relationships as she recently has gone through um, an ordeal with one of her close friends. So with no further to do, let's jump right on in. One of the things that can be the most helpful is venting. And there is nothing more valuable than venting about personal relationships and issues that come into play there. Do you have any, any experience in that regard? Oh my gosh, do I ever need to vent right now? So that's perfect that you bring that up. Yeah, so I have a, I have a friend that has just been testing my patience. It's probably like the nicest way of putting it. Has really just been testing my patience lately. And... How so? How are they? How are they testing your patients? What are they doing? Well, I'll just throw this out there, uh, and not to like toot my own horn, but I always feel like when it comes to friendships, I have a tendency to be a better friend than I get in return, mm. because I am willing to reach out a lot more than people tend to reach out to me, and that could be just part of my personality. And I guess like over over time, as I've gotten older, I've learned how to maybe not necessarily like cut somebody off completely, but really uh, reprioritize how I allocate my time and energy towards certain friendships. So I have a friend that I, I'm struggling right now because she's been there for me through tough times. I've been there for her through tough times. However, I feel like the state of our friendship right now is just I, I'm mentally and emotionally exhausted because I feel like it's just been I've been giving so much because this person's asking so much of me. Mm-hmm. So I, I went off the other day a little bit and basically called her out because she so what it came down to is, you know, I've launched my own podcast. 
Yes, you have. Congratulations. Right. Can Thank we just you. do a really quick shout out on that? Uh, you started a new podcast and it is called? It's called Snapbacks and Sports Bras. Yeah. And how many people from Fade to Gray have you had on there yet? I've had two so far and two. 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 Okay. Two. And I'm look yeah. I'm looking for my uh my third soon. Okay. So okay. continue yeah. on. So you started yeah. a new podcast. Now. I started a new I started a new podcast and I basically want to touch on uh, encouraging people, especially of the LGBT community, um, or any people that feel like the community that they're a part of has been marginalized in any sort of way. I'm, uh, I'm here to basically encourage people to go live their life, take ownership of their life and don't like, don't let aspects of their identity inhibit them from living the best life that they can is essentially what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So, essentially, you started this podcast, though, and now people are kind of coming out of the woodwork. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, definitely. And I, uh, this particular friend has, I have, I feel like, has a tendency to use me. And she, and I, I will give it to her. She comes about it in a really sneaky way. Well, they always do. But. It's always creative. But I don't. I guess like I I've never asked to be on a podcast. I've never asked to be featured on anything. You know the I've been interviewed on Fade to Gray before, and you guys approached me, mm-hmm. which I thought was awesome. And again, I felt like it was a privilege to be a part of that, and I loved that. But but I I found that people have been starting to come out of the woodwork and have been asking to be a part of the podcast and I'm like you don't understand how much fucking work it takes not just not just the audio editing but marketing getting this out there interviewing making sure I mean re-recording there's so much work that goes into it it is a huge commitment it's a job you know it's it's at minimum it's a part-time job you know and there's so much work and time and energy and emotions and there's so much that goes into it. And then I have this one friend that's like, when are you going to feature me on your podcast? And I just feel like you're chasing clout without putting in any of the effort you want. And I know because I've talked to this friend multiple times before this person wants the, you know, the Instagram dream of success, right? What's portrayed on social media as like the successful person, uh, you know, the nice cars, the I'm I'm a boss bitch. I'm building an empire. And you're like, that's all well and good. But like putting up fucking quotes does not building you an empire. You know, what's you know, what's building you an empire working 80 hours a week, seven days a week, you know, or 80 hours a week. Yeah. And, and working seven days a week, just putting in that time and the effort and the grinding. So when somebody wants to take part of my success by inserting themselves in for five minutes. I'm like, why should you get any, (laughs) why should you get anything based off of my hard work? Does that make sense? You feel like you're putting forth a lot of capital. You're putting forth a lot of investment and what you're doing is something that you're proud of. And you're happy to do, and it's something that brings you joy. But it's not like just because I'm friends with you, 
that means that I get part of your glory. Like, because it's not my baby, it's yours. Right. And like, and don't get me wrong, I want to share my glory. Right? Like, I, which is why I, I want you on. I've had Chris and Elizabeth on. I, my friend Layla's been mm-hmm. on. But the consistent denominator in all the people that I have on is the value that they provide to me as well. So, of course, I want to share in the glory and the, ex- and the success because there's value added by that person. Mm-hmm. And because my, my podcast tends to be a little bit more LGBT themed, I have people that are like, oh, I'm gay. Can I be on? And I'm like, no. So this person texted me and was like, oh, when do I get to be on your podcast? And I messaged back saying, when you have something of value to add. And I, and honestly, I'm not going to uh, – no, no, no. I'm not going to lie. I've been such a dick to her lately. And it's it, it really is because, like, you've pushed me there. Like, I'm so irritated right now. So I am not very kind. But, uh, yeah. So – and she – so she was like, cause I had done an episode about my, about Tinder and I was like, well, when you have something of value to add and she's like, well, aren't you talking about Tinder? And I was like, well, I was like, yeah, um, I was like, I did an episode about Tinder, but I'm going to be going into some different themes. And one of the next ones I'm going to be doing is talking about friendships. Cause I'm so frustrated with friendships lately. I think that we've gotten to a place where it's socially acceptable to just be a bad friend and dip out and make plans and bail and not be a person of your word. And I just, the amount of trust that I have for people in general, especially my friend group is so minimal now because it's just so social, socially acceptable and normal now to just not be a good friend. And so then she messages me back and was like, yeah, I, I haven't been a good friend. And I'm like, not, I'm not a fluff person. I'm not that person that's going to be like, Oh no, 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 no. Like, Oh, I'm gonna make you feel good about yourself. I was like, no, like everybody's a bad friend nowadays. And it's so frustrating when I feel like I'm consistently getting taken advantage of and I'm just, I'm exhausted. I'm not doing it anymore. And then she goes into this novel of a paragraph about how it takes like vulnerability and how everybody wants instant gratification. And until you're trying to until you find your true self and you have your highest level of self-love, then unfortunately this is how relationships and friendships are going to be. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, honestly, I completely reject that because even in my times where I was the most insecure and was not pursuing my best self, I was still a really fucking good friend to people. So I'm just, it's about being a good person. Yeah, absolutely. Can you hear my anxiety and my like, well, it sounds like it's been a very stressful thing for you. And it's impacted you to the point that it's like, you need to get this out and you need to get it out now. My question is, what's your relationship to this person? Is this like your best friend? Is this just a friend that you hang out with occasionally? To what level is this friend in your life? Well, I so she recently moved back to Arizona and I have not seen her since she moved back. Mostly because I'm really busy with work and between work and like creating a podcast, I don't have a lot of free time. And on my week on my weekends, I spend time with my family and the few times this person's hit me up, she 
will be like, what are you doing at noon? I'm like, I can't, I, I can't meet up at noon. Like I work. And so the eff- the effort on my part to meet up with this person is just not there because frankly, like I just don't care to see her and I'm about to pop off on her. Mm-hmm. So it's probably just like in her best interest that we don't meet up. But prior to me getting to like the boiling point, I, I mean, we texted probably, you know, every other day. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider a best friend by any means. I'm struggling because I, I feel like it's in my best interest to just cut things off with this person. And not, not that like if she texts me, I'm never going to respond, but I just don't care to put in any effort in this relationship at all because I feel like I've just been bled of all effort Mm -hmm. and I just have nothing more to give. And I would, I would rather take what I do have to give and invest it in friendships and relationships where that's reciprocated. Mm -hmm. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Um, Because here at mental, one of the things that I really want to strive um, at producing is something that is authentic and real and addresses real life issues. And when we look at mental health from a professional's standpoint and looking at the factors or protective factors that help a person manage their mental health in a way that they live happily, um, it comes down to one support system. It's one of the number one protective factors um, when dealing with mental illness and suicide, suicide specifically. And so we know that the support system is crucial. And so break this down for me, because when we look at friendships, specifically when we feel like we're being used, when we feel like we're putting in more effort than the other person is putting in, it really can lead us to a point of just wanting to throw in the towel, which it sounds like that's where you're at. So I want to know, what's the bigger scheme? What is your perspective on friendships and relationships and who else is involved in your life to compensate for this loss? Yeah, I mean, if we're being if we're being honest, it's hard for me to manage a lot of a support system throughout the week because I have my clients in the morning and there's some clients that I definitely would consider friends, but I still have to maintain a pretty strict boundary with that. And then uh Mostly my support parent, my support system is my parents on the weekends. Um, but throughout the week, there's a handful of people that I talk to, but I spend a lot of time solo, a lot of time solo. Okay. So you are, you're an extrovert. You're someone that, you know, gets attention. You're easily seen, but at the same time, you also are a bit introverted and in that you kind of want to be left alone. Yeah, to some extent. I think that I'm trying to find that balance because when I spend too much time alone, mm-hmm. I it just doesn't ever lead to good places. Me- mentally, physically, you know, in life as a whole. Paint your friend circle for me. And you don't have to include Fade to Grey because that's all electronic. I'm talking about... Because you guys are my online besties. Yeah, I'm talking about the people that you see every day. Like, do you have one best friend do you have multiple do you uh, hang out with certain people every week like what's the 
what's the day-to-day grind when it when it comes to your to your friendships um most of my friends i do not see daily and i think a lot of that has to do with geographic location you know i'm in a city uh now that is a good 40 minutes north of where i was a year ago mm-hmm. and where you know where i grew up so i have one friend that i'm pretty close with um up this way i have my clients that i'm you know that i'm cool with that i will see on the daily mm-hmm. um a, a bunch of my morning clients um i have developed i would say somewhat of a client slash tra- uh, slash uh, friend relationship with them and i see them daily um but as far as people outside of work, I my friendship circle is more, I would say, virtu- not virtual in, in terms of like just online, but uh, is mostly texting, is mostly, mm-hmm. you know, sending stupid shit to them. It's not a lot of actual one-on-one interaction or even group interaction. What do you think of that? Uh, I mean, I definitely wish it were different. My closest friends are down South and that sucks. Mm -hmm. Have you taken steps to try to form, form new friends where you currently live? Um, definitely not to the extent that I probably should. Are you happy with that? Uh, no, no. I, I think that it's hard for me to figure out how to form those relationships or how to form those friendships because majority of my time spent up here is work. Right. It's work and hustle and grind. Well, I think that that's a really good point uh, that I think a lot of people will probably be able to relate to is how do you create your social network when you're in a city where you don't know anyone or you don't know a lot of people and your life is pretty much work and home. And let's be honest, we don't always want our best friends to be our people that we work with. Right. And, and, and let's also like, uh, we should probably also mention that I'm self-employed, right? So I don't right. have, I don't have coworkers. I don't have employees. Right. I don't have an employer. Like I'm self-employed. It's it is me and only me. So my mm-hmm. my interaction with people is clients, and that's that's pretty much it. And my and my workout and my workout partner, you know. Right. Because of that, do you think that's part of the reason why you're kind of a all-in or all-out type of person when it comes to your friends? It's like you either are in and you're invested or you're using me and get out. Um, I don't know if I would characterize myself as all-in or all-out in terms of my friendships. I mean, with the one that I was venting about in the beginning, that's definitely where I'm at. That's where I, that's, that's, that's what I'm speaking to. Right. I mean, that particular friendship, for sure. Um, but friendships, and I mean, I majority of the people that I've encountered in my life, I, I still talk to a, a decent amount. And even if it's, you know, my when I was living out in Colorado, even if it's just mm-hmm. screenshotting a meme that I saw and sending it to them, hey, you know, this, this made me think of you. Happy Friday or something to that extent. Um, I talk to people pretty consistently as far as that. Um, so to that extent, I'm like kind of in, but not fully in. Cause I'm not going to sit there and uh, delve all my attention and energy into people that's, you know, I'm not gonna be able to see regularly. Right. Nor, nor give that attention back to me. 
but I don't know. I think that for the most part, like I'm, I'm in it to the extent that somebody else is willing to be in it with me. Mm. And then I tend to stay a little bit too long. Yeah, I'm really good at that personally. I stay way too long. When you look at the research, as I mentioned before, how the support system is a protective factor and can really make a difference in one's ability to manage depression, anxiety, things of that nature. Why do you think that is? Ooh, that's a good question. And I understand you're not a mental health professional, right? Um, but I'm, I'm curious on your perspective from your own personal lived experience. Um, well, I think that anytime that, I mean, to me, a support system is somebody that you can lean on in time, you know, in times of trouble or that you can ask, I ask people for advice, um, other people that I would say are a part of my support system. And I know personally, if I don't have somebody that I can either vent to or ask their advice or, um, kind of ask her opinion on something like it just tends to bottle up, bottle up, bottle up. And then like, I just blow up. Define what a good friend is to you. I know I feel like I'm kind of going around the same point here, but I'm looking at it from different angles. I want to know personally from your perspective, what makes a good friend? For sure. Um, well, I, when I think of the epitome of what a good friend is, I instantly think about my friend Layla. Um, she's been she's been in my life for God seven or eight years now, um, and has seen me through my best and my worst. But what I what I love about her um, as our friendship has grown is one the developing sense of trust that I have in her um, because she's followed through on everything mm-hmm. that she's that she said. And so So follow through is a big deal. Follow through is huge. Um, The trust factor is huge. Um, And then one thing that uh, really stands out about her that I love is she's not afraid to call me out if it's in my best interest. And I'm, and I'm a very straightforward person, which is why like I ask for feedback from people and I don't want people to, to fluff it or I would rather if I'm fucking up, I'd rather hear that straight from somebody. Mm hmm. When I when I look at somebody like Layla, she wants to see me flourish and me thrive. So if there's something that I'm doing to sabotage my own life or um, inhibit my own success, she's like not afraid to call me out for that. And I love that. I think that's that's what I want out of a friend, you know, because she because she goes in with the purpose of I I want you to be your best self, and if you're not being your best self. Let me help you recognize that. So, so far I'm hearing follow through and I'm hearing calling you out on your shit when you need to hear it. Like I said, trust. Any other main components that you look for? That's, that's the biggest thing. I would say trust is the biggest thing. Okay. Trust. It's number three. To me, because I've, I, I've noticed over the course of the past year or so mm-hmm. that a lot of the reasons that my that certain friendships have ended is because it's not and when i say trust it's not even that somebody did some like huge disastrous thing or they blatantly lied to me it's just and it comes back it come back comes back to the follow through right 
when you follow through, you continue to build that sense of trust. When your words match your actions, mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot to be said about that. Absolutely. And I think it's something that we all not only can look into our own support system and see how that's happening Absolutely. with our own friends, but perhaps more importantly, are we doing that ourselves for the other people in our lives, right? Right. Am I following through on the things that I commit to or the things that I say I'm going to do? Um, when I see a friend who is struggling or needs to be called out on things, am I going to make that call? Um, and am I really trustworthy? Am I good on my word? You know, those are all things that I think all of us to one level or not can struggle with, right? I mean, these aren't easy, necessarily easy things to do. I don't think that they're extremely difficult, but in the role of life with work and family and all these other things, um, it can be difficult. Do you feel like you adhere to those yourself? I would say for the most part. And and, and of course I fall fall short. And I would say the as I became more secure with myself, I became a better friend to other people as well. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that a little bit. Because um, I think that... It, when I say like Layla would call me out, it's not easy to call somebody out. Right. Because right? Right. say me, you know, say me and you have an issue. Right. And I'm like, fuck, man, like I don't really want to call Seth out because like, what is he going to think of me? And is he going to be mad at me? And and then so you start going through the, the all the questions in your head of is this person going to cut me off? Are they going to be pissed off at me? Are they going to talk trash about me? Are they, you know, all, but when you're. I feel like when you're more secure with yourself, you understand that, yep, that person might go talk trash about you. That person might cut you off. But are you secure enough that you know you're making the right decision? Mm -hmm. Because you got to be secure to make difficult decisions. And calling people out and following through on something, when you, especially if you don't want to do it, when you make commitments to something and then – you know, you made a commitment on Tuesday and now it's Saturday and you'd rather watch Don't Fuck With Cats. Oh, man, I just, just finished that. It's so good. <laughs> I need to watch that. Yes, you do. But, it, but, it, it's hard, but it's hard to follow through. Right. Okay, so two things here, though, because we're talking about relationships and the components of being a good friend and, and if we can do that ourselves. But a lot of this comes down to one's own personal self-confidence. So it's not just relational skills it's where are you as a person totally yeah well and I, and I think that like i think part of self-love and confidence is asking more of yourself mm -hmm. and you know for me it's been the, for like my personal journey i've been on this mission of like i need to be a better friend to people not because I necessarily want a better friend in return. I mean, that'd be great. But I want to be the best version of myself that I can be. So, I mean, last year I was going through some relationship BS. Um, it's kind of uh, towards the tail end of a, of a breakup at the beginning of 2019. And it took me a couple months to really recover from that. And in that time, I was definitely not a good friend. Because I'd make plan I'd make plans with people because I wanted to surround myself with people because I was so in my own head that I knew I should surround myself with people. 
But then when it got to that time where I had to follow up and whether it was like go out for a beer with somebody or go to somebody's house or something, I was like, fuck, I just honestly, I would just rather be in bed. And so because I've been that person, like I said, part of like my self-love is asking more of myself. And because I do want to be known as the person that's the friend that's trustworthy, the friend that you could call, you know, the drop of the hat and I'm going to pick up. That's always going to, that's not going to uh, screen your call that you can, that you can consistently rely on. I want to be known as that. So you want to, you want to be that kind of person and I'll be honest. I mean, I, I mean, I should be honest on my own stuff. Honesty is good. I lost two major friendships this last year and one of them was because of lack of follow through. Um, this person would try to reach out time and time again and invite me to like breakfast gatherings or whatever with him and a lot of his friends plus his partner. And I was in a place where literally I just wanted to stay in bed all day Mm -hmm. and going and interacting with him would be fine. Like him and his husband, I'm perfectly fine with that. But him, his husband, and then a bunch of other people I don't know and that I'm always thinking about, well, what do they think of me? And, make sure that I say the right thing and make sure I take my shoes off and like, you know, all these different components in like a friend gathering that was just for me, just way too stressful. And I just was not in the headspace to, to really do it. And eventually this friends like we're done yeah, and deleted me on all social media and blocked me on their phone and the whole nine yards. Um, and it was a very difficult time for me personally. And, and really I'd say my connection to, Fade to Gray podcast is what really helped me through that period of time was because those were my face-to-face friends. Yeah. And I didn't have them anymore. I honestly cherish the friendships from the Fade to Gray family more than I can express. Why do you think that is? I love the variety of personalities and especially in the Marco Polo group, right? Mm-hmm. It's nice, especially like, like I said, like I'm here at work by myself majority of the day. And sometimes when I need that people interaction, but I only have 10, 15 minutes, it's nice to know that I can just like hop in Marco Polo and have some actual meaningful discussions and then have some actual like nonsense discussions too. And it's a, and it's a great balance. Right. Right. We don't want to take ourselves too seriously. No, of course not. I'm happy to hear that the community uh, that Fade Gray has created is being helpful and supportive to people. It, it is different in that, you know, uh, before Fade Gray, all of my relationships were on Facebook or face-to-face. I never had a community like this where it was truly virtual, truly remote, um, talking to people every single day, getting to know them personally but then never actually meeting them face to face is really a different it's a new phenomenon i feel and it is it is different and there are um, challenges that come with it but i think that by and large it can be very supportive specifically when you're struggling day to day with face-to-face friends right i mean like i look at somebody like luke luke is i call him my bestie with testes okay we need to we need to give a full shout out here luke who Full shout out to Lucas King. Oh, and how do you know Luke? Uh, former host of the podcast, Your Atheist Pastor. 
Ah, there it is. Mm-hmm. Which is which is also where I found your sexy ass. Yes, you did. And and I knew about you before your episode dropped too. Oh, really? I did. I did. I was visiting Luke out in California, and uh-huh. he was like, "Oh, you're gonna love this gay dude, Seth." And I was <laughs> like, "I bet I am." And then we started our friendship, and yeah. here we are. I love Luke King. Um, but yeah, like like. Luke is Luke is sincerely one of my best support systems. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, and I think that one thing that I truly cherish about him is he's kind of off in a, a similar world to myself where, you know, he's his own entrepreneur and he understands the hustle and the grind and the work and the, you know, putting yourself in uncomfortable positions, part of owning your own business. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's times where I'm like, fuck, like I just, I, I have to face some hurdle that I don't want to face because either I'm scared or I'm nervous or something. And I can always just pop into Marco Polo or shoot him a text. And he's always got something, uh, relatable, you know, some, some sort of relatable story or, uh, a source of encouragement mm-hmm. for me as well. So I mean, it's it's crazy that an online friend who this online friend I've actually met in person twice, but um, this online friend is somebody that I would consider one of my closest friends. Right, practically family. Yeah, if not closer. Yeah, for sure. And Luke King, I mean, truly is an awesome guy, and so is Stephanie, who took over his podcast. Oh, she's wonderful. I want. I want to go grab a drink with her. I do too. I feel like this has been a really good conversation in that we really have been unable to unpack a lot of things around uh, support systems and friendships. Anything like as you think back and you look at your life and the relationships that you've had, I do not mean significant relationships. I'm talking friendships. Is there anything that stands out? Like I said, the, the one of the biggest things that has stood out since I was at a very, very young age is that I have a tendency to give more than I get. Mm -hmm. And I think that became somewhat of a, so much of a norm for me that I didn't really know how to value people that gave it in return. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, I look at one of the, one of the best friendships that, um, diminish that, uh, towards the end of 2018 and it became so toxic towards the end that it actually to some extent became emotionally abusive. But I, I look back and see how I didn't know how to cherish a friendship and what love meant within the, within the context of a friendship. Um, And I, I was just so happy to have somebody that wanted to be, in my life as much as I wanted to be in theirs. And whenever I felt that person pulling away for whatever reason, because sometimes we just want fucking space from people. Right. When there'd be times where he would just want some space, I instantly internalized it as, do you not want to be my friend? What did I do wrong? Right. And, and attached like a leech. And it ultimately led to a very tumultuous demise of that relationship. Mm-hmm. I wish that there was a way that we could communicate that 
better somehow. Because I feel like this whole idea of when things go south in any form of relationship, you know, the immediate response from the person who, you know, who's going through it um, is, you know, what did I do wrong? What could I have done differently? What did I say or do that I shouldn't have done? Um, We kind of go there automatically without really looking at the larger context and what is this Mm -hmm. friend actually going through and what are they dealing with? Um, We tend to internalize things first. Yeah. And I think that that can be detrimental because we're not taking into account what's actually going on. Right. And I, and I think that in hindsight, I look at, you know, partially part of it was my ignorance and how to handle a situation. The other part was selfishness you know and and i'm sure there's many more complexities than than those two but if the relationship wasn't serving me then what can i do to make sure that the status quo of the relationship is back to normal Uh because when it's normal it's serving the both of us right and when you want space that's it's perceived as like well, that's you wanting spaces serving you, but like, what about me? Mm-hmm. You know, rather than just take a step back and realize that loving that person as a friend is just giving them what they ask for. I think that part of it comes down to control. That we want to be in control of almost everything in our lives, including our friends. Um, and when our friends show up and when they're there and when they're not yep. there yep. and we yep. want to be, we want to own this bitch. We want to be in control. And the truth of the matter is we cannot control other people. You know, one of the things we can barely control ourselves <laughs> preaching to the choir. So one of the lines I mention quite frequently on the phones with people is, you know, focusing on what you can control rather than what you can't. But I think this line gets grayed so much because we take things so personally, we automatically think that it's in our control. But in fact, it is most certainly not. Right. Well, and and for me, I found via practicing a lot of meditation and other trips of the fun guy variety. The fun, the fun guy variety? Mush- like... psilocybin mushrooms you know oh oh drugs okay so okay so we've got um yeah but 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 via certain you know those trips like going on mushroom trips or practicing a lot of meditation right has helped me realize that oftentimes our emotions aren't even really within our control but there's certain tools that the more you, the more you, either you meditate, the more you learn about yourself. There's tools that become part of your tool belt to deal with certain emotions and let certain emotions go. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. No, it completely makes sense. But I think that along the lines of what you were saying about the focus on what's in your control, oftentimes, like when my therapist would say that to me, oftentimes I would take that as, well, I can control whether or not I'm angry. I can control whether or not I'm sad. I can control whether or not blah, blah, blah. And the truth was like, I can't. If I'm angry, like rather than – because I think that part of focusing on what you can control is 
fighting certain emotions rather than just like understanding them. Mm-hmm. So I like I, I had a tremendous amount of anger issues growing up. And part of how I was taught to deal with the anger issues was just let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. Rather than really understanding what anger feels like mm-hmm. and, and really understanding that emotion. It was more about fighting the emotion. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't like it. Cause I don't like it. Right. You don't like the emotion. So our immediate response is we want to change it. Right. Rather than recognizing, okay, this is how I feel right now. Why do I feel that way? And just processing through it, in which case you'll probably be able to move past it. But it, since we focus on attacking it immediately, we're not able to process it. And therefore, we generally don't ever really understand when we're angry or when we're mad a lot of times. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think for me, I've taken on or I see a lot of societal pressure whether it be like the power of positivity like just move on and i'm like no there's something to be said about the wisdom that you gain by going through shit right absolutely and and facing it head on and not trying and not trying to fix it right away because i think when you understand things rather than just try to fix it you're much you almost gain certain wisdom of how to deal with that that same emotion or that same situation when you encounter it again. But when you fight it, shit comes back up. Yeah. Yeah. You're just in a, it's a cycle. Right. At this point in your life, do you feel like, cause we talked about wanting to form other friendships, right? About expanding the social support network. Um, and you mentioned that there were things that you know, right. That you could be doing or should be doing to increase that. But you know, life, work responsibilities all these other things get in the way right and then we also unpacked you know maybe even taking the friendships that we have and working on improving those in some way um specifically recognizing what's in my control and what's not Mm -hmm. um and building those relationships at this point in your life what do you think should be your priority expanding or strengthening i think strengthening what's your game plan with that to not let my mental space be clouded by the people that aren't strengthening me. And I don't have an intentions of strengthening that friendship anyway. So not letting it occupy any of my emotional or mental capital, but you, you, but, but utilizing that to give back to the friendships that are actually really worth it. So maybe taking a mental inventory of these are the people in my life. This is the type of connection that I have with them. These are relationships worth saving and fighting for. And these other ones, like the lady we talked about at the very beginning of this discussion, maybe, maybe not. Right. And I think that I almost need to go through somewhat of a personal, like, grieving period. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of looking at a friendship and being like, it once was A, B, and C, and it's not that anymore and not even so much like grieving that I'm not going to be putting effort into that friendship, but grieving the loss of the friendship that I once had. But I don't think if I, cause I think if I'm just like, Oh, well fuck them and don't actually just like process that and allow myself to like be sad that the relationship 
is no longer what it used to be, that's like the only thing that's going to help me move on. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to start instituting that? Oh, I think I, I think I almost need to do like a true physical writing down an inventory of my, my emotional mental capital and start starting off with starting off with friendship and, you know, writing things down and, you know, shit, make a, make a list of the friends that have been in my life and giving myself that time to just let go, you know? Yeah. So I'm hearing mental inventory, creating a list, checking it twice. Going to find out who's naughty and nice. And find out who's naughty and nice, who are the real friends, who are not the real friends. Yeah. And then tailoring your time, your energy into the relationships that give you the most. Absolutely. That are worth saving. Yep. Yeah. I think that's all good stuff. I think I have some, I think I have some homework this weekend. Uh-huh. It sounds like it. I'm going to, I'm going to actually take a picture of either the list or like something to s- symbolize and I'm going to send it to you this weekend. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds Dude, good. Dude, you've, I, you've helped me so much in this period of time. I, I did not know that I was going to get this much out of a, what was starting off as event sesh. So I appreciate you so much, dude. I like to start it off with a venting session because the truth of the matter is, is that we all hold in so much um, of our day-to-day lives that we don't tell people about. And the issue with that is it can start to build. And unless we actually start unpacking and looking at the things that are happening and putting a voice to them, these things will start to build up. And before you know it, you're going to have an explosion. I have gone through several of them in my life. Um, It's not enjoyable. It's not a good place to be. And I think a great place to look at starting off is who are the people in our lives and who are we letting speak into our lives? And um, I think we really touched on a lot of that during this conversation. So Amanda, thank you so much. And everyone, please be sure to check out Amanda's new podcast, Snapbacks and Sports Bras. Uh, like I said earlier, it's about really encouraging, uh, uh, members of either the LGBT community or, um, any community that you feel has, um, that you're a part of that maybe you're marginalized or you feel like a certain identity about you has inhibited you from being your best self and no longer allowing yourself to see yourself as a victim, but as a victor and go live your best freaking life and take some mental inventory mm-hmm. and uh, you know use the tools that that we've been given to succeed so I just I just want to see the success of people all right ladies and gentlemen you have heard it here the one the only Amanda Martin if you've enjoyed this conversation I want to let you know I have a patreon but I listen with the covid-19 virus taking over the world by storm. I am not here to ask for your money. What I would like uh, to ask is if you can simply uh, leave me a five-star review or a like on iTunes. That does a lot in regards to helping those algorithms so that this podcast can reach more people. And with no further ado, please check out Amanda Martin's podcast, Snapbacks and Sports Bras, and stay safe. Until next time. Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. 
The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. Don't miss our weekend special. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed plus special financing ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.